Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast, the show that brings together Michigan's top cannabis growers, advocates, and business owners to offer a fresh and honest perspective of Michigan's cannabis industry. Stick with us to get the lowdown from the people who have been on the ground floor of cannabis business in Michigan and gain insights into where the industry may be heading. <laughs> Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Basor, and today is episode... 85 and back on the show once again uh the uh the crowd favorite roy liskey over at local roots hey roy thanks for being back on thanks for having me looking forward to getting into some of the uh what's going on in the market you know what's been happening with local roots and then some some fun uh topics and a little bit of announcements but first, we got uh, Kevin is back and Tom all on the show again together. Tom, what's going on? Oh, just on the road right now, Ryan. Going around visiting some friends of ours and <clears throat> discussing, uh, you know, what's happening out there in the market and seeing what 2022 looks like. All right. Well, looking forward to hearing how that, what turns up out of that. And Kevin, uh, been back on the road himself some. What's going on? Not much, man. You know, I've uh, been out of the uh, out of the game, so to speak, for a few a year and a half. So, you know, kind of uh, not been doing sales and working directly with you and redemption and whatnot. And uh, so, yeah, I've been out on the road uh, visiting some uh, some old uh, contacts and, and rekindling relationships. And um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. It's been different um, and it's been eye opening, you know, to say the least. Well, yeah, to come back into the fold you know february or late january 2022 it's uh it's it's impeccable timing but uh, i'm glad it's uh, i'm glad to get through it yeah you know um it, it for someone that hasn't been in the industry that's just walking into it right now um where to start i i don't even know where where i would be without um the contacts i've made over the years the networking uh the people in the micia and all the support of of my friends in the in the cannabis industry i you know I, it's a tough it's a tough atmosphere right now prices are kind of low and i'm sure roy's going to talk about uh you know that kind of thing and but uh yeah it's an interesting deal yeah we we had that conversation and uh oh we'll get into it. i'm gonna give a roy a proper introduction and uh if we uh, we get right into the market, what he's seeing there at the retail side, and uh, what uh, what everyone's saying, and uh, find it fascinating. So, uh, for those uh, that uh, haven't uh, heard Roy on the show before, uh, I met Roy way back in the day. Uh, uh, he was at a uh, said he uh, I don't necessarily remember, but he came to parties at my house. I used to live up in Lanesburg and. Uh, lived on the lake and we had a good time and I loved it up there, made a lot of friends and a lot of acquaintances. And then um, back at 2018, the election night party at the Radisson when we won uh, Prop 1, uh, Bill Schutte was defeated and uh, Dana ended up winning as well. Uh, uh, met Roy and his family um, and uh we talked and ended up they uh, ended up bribing me taking me out to soup spoon a few times and uh we we got talking and uh they're, they're gonna open up uh you know uh, a truly um family uh provisioning center in lanesburg uh from there um you know you, your mom your dad and your fiance are, are all involved along with you and it is totally local roots it's a uh, it's awesome. I know, like, thinking of Prop 1, this is the type of uh, business we want to see. 
uh, in Michigan. It's unique. You don't get that. You couldn't do what you're doing in Arizona or Pennsylvania or Florida or Illinois, a lot of other states. So it's unique. It's, it's um, it kind of puts that in perspective. But uh, Roy has been a huge supporter of Redemption and uh, Real Leaf. And also, uh, I know uh, just got some Willie's Escape Cake up there as well from True. So, you know, Roy, thanks for being back on the show. Always good to have you on and uh, enjoy your perspective and, and, and hearing about, uh, especially the interaction with the customers and what they're saying. So, Roy, uh, why don't you give us a, a little background on, uh, on yourself and how, how you got into cannabis and let's, let's get into the market. Sure. Yeah. Um, first off, yeah. Thank you, Ryan, for kind of extending your tribe to, to my family. And um, it's all starting to feel like family. And I uh, can't can't thank you guys enough for, um, you know, having some allies in the industry. So we're standalone, um, one shop, not vertically integrated. We, we, we couldn't make it happen without you guys. So we're, we're super appreciative. Um, but yeah, so, you know, um, you know, I've been using cannabis for a long time and uh, so is my mom. Uh, she's a former caregiver. So um, kind of have that background. And then, yeah, in 2018, when it was on the ballot, um, you know, we were stoked to to try to get into the industry somehow and uh, saw you there at election night at the party at the Radisson. And we didn't really know what we were going to do. I was... Uh, I was handing out business cards uh, that said, <laughs> um, it said, uh, experienced hard worker seeking employment. So I didn't know what the heck we were doing. Uh, dispensary definitely wasn't in the plans, but um, when uh, Langsburg decided to opt in for adult use, we jumped right on it. And, um, and here we are. So, you know, we're really excited to be here. Things are going good. We opened April 1st. So we're coming up on a year, so we're we're excited to celebrate that. What what are you gonna do for your? You got any plans for the one year? I don't know. What do dispensaries normally do? Do they do like some blowout sales or like uh, I don't know? I'll probably yeah, go to a bar afterwards or something. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, I know um, farmhouses two year anniversary is March seventeenth, and they're having a uh, food truck blowout sales i think they're even getting like a, a smoking lounge set up somewhere too like right next to us so there's all types of uh all types of ideas uh yeah we'll but, have to think into that a little bit yeah definitely make a, a big deal about it so what are uh what are you seeing right now what's happening what's happened you know in the last two to three months um at the wholesale level on your end it's been kind of the strategy and then what do you uh and, and how has that affected the uh the customers that are coming in um yeah so i do um i do all the purchasing for for our store and it's been getting kind of crazy you know people are you know two three four people stop by the shop you know almost daily and um you know they're introducing me to their brands and and it's you know, it's the prices are definitely all over the place. You know, they're they seem to be going down. But I would have told you that in December or uh, January, too. But it seems like it's progressively going down, which pro which makes me feel a little uncertain sometime. And, um, you know, a little lack of confidence in my purchases, not knowing is it going to be even cheaper next month? You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. 
um and it's a lot to keep up with you know there's a um a lot of people uh stopping by the shop uh, you know who you know have some decent products but you know being a smaller store we can we only have so much shelf space and um we only have a you know enough you know customers to come in um that you know we can't get super heavy on product you know i have a a hard time with it you know it's my first year still so i'm i'm learning but uh you know i my tendency is to when i see a good deal i want to buy it right but i have been having to really show some restraint and hold off um but um you know obviously you guys are all on our shelves and that's because you grow great products and um, and we really uh appreciate having those on our shelves you know as the as the price goes down you know we're trying to stay competitive a lot of these other stores have you know crazy deals i i heard somebody say one dispensary had 10 cartridges for $100 it's we're never going to be that store um but we are trying to start competing on some of those um in those areas you know the 4 for 100 5 for 100 kind of deals um because we need to compete with uh you know with other stores out there we're definitely seeing some of our customers who who want to go for the um you know the most that they can get for 100 bucks so this this month we started our february sweetheart deals and we're doing redemption cards 5 for 100 redemption concentrates 4 for 100 redemption prepack 8 5 for 100 um four for a hundred distillate carts we've got um some buy one get one on some edibles that we're doing two for a hundred old pal um half ounce and then uh we've even got a hundred and ten dollar ounce of small buds it's kind of you know it's a little leafy it's you know probably machine trimmed and everything but there's definitely a market for that and I'd say we're in a little bit of a price sensitive area. And the winter is a little bit price sensitive in our town. I think a lot of our customers work seasonal jobs uh, or they work in the trades, you know, landscaping, construction. Those industries are a little slower this time of year. So, we've definitely seen a little bit of a slowdown there. But it's starting to bounce back. Uh tax returns are hitting people's bank accounts and Uh we've had a pretty good week so I'm feeling encouraged that it's uh it's bouncing back and oh you know another thing I wanted to say was um being a small shop in this big sea of vertically integrated companies is a little tough um you know we get a lot of offers you know if you want to spend 20 grand we'll give it to you super cheap And yeah, that works for jars and and other um, you know, dispensaries that have a lot of volume, maybe they're in a uh densely populated area or they've got multiple stores they can split it up with. But um we just can't do those big orders. So what we've found is uh we don't necessarily get as good of deals as other uh dispensaries when it comes to wholesale. Um but we we have found um you know some that will 
uh, cut us a break because we're a smaller shop and say, you know what, I'm going to give you the deal without the requirement to uh, spend 20 grand or something, you know? <laughs> so we really appreciate all those people who are willing to see, hey, we're a small one-off shop in a small town. Um, so, you know, thanks to all those companies who are, uh, you know, making it so that we can compete with some of the big guys. Yeah, Roy, you know, I, I think that um, some of those people that are offering the 10 for 100, I think that um, those deals aren't necessarily uh, get, getting down to that price point because of purchasing power. I think what we're seeing there is a little bit of desperation, whether it's the desperation on the end of the brand that's stocking too much inventory and just needs to move through product or desperation on the end of the dispensary that they've got too much money tied up in inventory and they've got investors to respond to. And, and that's why you're seeing these kind of th these deals kind of move right now. But um, with all that being said, Roy, um, you know, if you were able to put a percentage on on what customers are after, the, what, what would you what would you put that ratio at when it when it comes to a customer? I mean, are they are they more geared towards value? Or are they more geared towards finding really good product? And then are you seeing the progression in, in, in the patients getting or the, the customers getting educated on the, on the products and, and, and seeing that start to transform? Um, so, yes, I, I would say, you know, people, the education is coming with time. And, and the longer we get to plant those seeds um, that it's not all about the THC percentage, you know, look at the terpenes. The nose knows, you know, we're starting to see uh, our customers, you know, become a lot more um, can of sewers, if you will. So, uh, but um, I will say most, I'd say probably 80% of our customers are going to buy whatever's the most economical. And that's might be our geographic location being, or, you know, I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but I'd have to say it's, our market's pretty price sensitive so we're we're definitely trying to keep those uh keep our prices very low and and i think it's leading to success yeah i would agree with you i think that that's uh that's what i saw when we were running the store on the north side of lansing i mean it really was a value-based market um you know there's not a ton of wealth um you know like someplace like maybe like ann arbor where there might be a little bit more money where people are willing to just go in and spend sixty dollars an eighth and just try to find really the best thing out there i think that there's a lot of uh blue collar people that are just looking to uh to catch a buzz after work or, or take an edge off you know and so uh yeah i would agree with that so roy uh, uh not to transition but i know you don't like to toot your, your own horn uh, too much but tell us about um, you guys winning uh, top of the town for best Lansing area dispensary. There's some, there's some um, pretty nice dispensaries uh, in in the Lansing area with a lot of firepower and on the ability to get a lot of city polls votes. I mean, some of those some of those guys that uh, um, are in there have been been doing the city polls uh, top of the town game for a decade. So congrats and uh, tell us how that kind of went down and uh, what that's been like. Yeah, uh, thank you. Um, yeah, we were actually really surprised and, and thrilled that our shop won the great um, the best provisioning center in the greater Lansing area. Um, we were definitely had some 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 good competition. Um, I think some of the things that might may have contributed to the win uh, might be you know our 
service is a little more personal than than some i think um we're a smaller shop so we we have the time to get to know you and to get to know your needs um you know we're not not the store that tries to get you in and out as fast as you can you know we want you to hang out we want to talk about cannabis we want to talk about the science and um beyond that we've tried to keep our prices low and have a really curated selection of the best products um you know as i mentioned our our store is physically small you know we don't have we can't carry every brand um nor would we want to um we we like to choose brands we believe in and and put those on the shelf and um and then i will also say my mom's done a really great job just making the store beautiful um she has the gardens going in the summertime and um her art is all on the walls she's a she does pottery and you can see some of her pieces behind me she's so we've got uh a pretty pretty nice looking store and i i credit that to to her going above and beyond so um yeah i was really excited to hear that we won and uh still can't believe it <laughs> <laughs> that's great and actually i kind of uh, I think another reason you won, and I uh, want you to uh, tell us what you've done with it, because it's a, it's a good case study for other stores out there, is your integration in the community. You know, you said you're coming up on your one-year anniversary. Um, should it, it's only been 11 months yet, and, uh, you know, in cannabis years, that's uh, it's like five, probably feels like four or five years, but what have you done um the local businesses and in the community and uh to, to get them on your side sure um so um kind of right out the gate we our first discount program we ran was uh you know if you shop at a local business you get 10 and bringing your receipt you get 10 percent off you know we want people coming into town for cannabis to also eat at our restaurants and and um you know maybe get your hair cut in town things like that um uh that and then also we sponsored some uh concerts um through the uh lbca um business association um in in langsburg and then we did our own concert series uh, it was a four concert series with um root doctor from lansing we had the ragbirds from um, from Ann Arbor, just to name a few, um, some, some really great acts. Rob Robar and the Helping Hands. I saw him chime in. He was a big part of that too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Rob Robar and the Helping Friendly Hemp Company. They, uh, they co-sponsored that, uh, series with us. So that was really awesome. And, um, you know, we had vendor days every, uh, on the days of the concerts and, uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, there were food trucks and a great turnout. Um, it was family friendly, all ages. Uh, it was a really great community event. Um, beyond that, we've, uh, you know, we've sponsored various golf outings and, and fundraisers for community events. And I think all that stuff adds up. And the, the maybe people who had a real bad image of uh, cannabis in their head a few years ago are coming around to maybe legalization was the right move, which obviously it was, but I think um, we're making 
we're making little changes in our town. And, and I, I gotta say, I think most people, um, think it's good whether they use cannabis or not. So. Awesome. And we got Tom back. Tom, glad you made it back. Lucky you. <laughs> so, Hey Roy, um, you know, I, 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 th I think, you know, uh, you're, you, you've got, you guys have done a lot of stuff, right. You know, um, I had the honor, uh, last week of being able to come up and, and take a, a tour of the shop. And, uh, I gotta tell you, everything you just said is, is spot on. Um, you know, it's, it's got that, that mom and pop feel, right. Um, it's comfortable. And I sat there for a little while cause they were fairly busy. Um, listening to them, to them interact with the customer and it is definitely a, a comfortable experience. It's quaint. Um, and, and it's not, there's no pressure, you know, so I, I felt it and I know other people have felt it before when you go to some of these big shops and you go in there and there's people standing in line and you're trying to make the deci decisions. And then the person that is, you know, supposed to be helping you doesn't seem all that knowledgeable and you feel a lot of pressure to quickly pick something and you end up being disappointed with what you got paid too much. And, um, I think that that, what you guys are doing is the, is the complete opposite of that. And, and I, and I think that's really cool. Um, you know, uh, over the years, I, I know that you guys have been very vocal in, in defending the caregiver and, and supporting small business. Um, you know, what, what drives you to do that? I know a lot of people get in this industry to make a, a ton of money, I, I think is their, their whole objective, but I think that you guys have a different approach that maybe interacts or incorporates both making money, but also, you know, doing the right thing. And, 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 and so maybe you could talk to us about that a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I think what we've really set out to do is to work with other legacy caregivers uh, like my mom, who who were in it for the patients and in it for the um, the change and, and to make this plant legal, um, you know I when when somebody comes in the shop and they say say you know I was a former caregiver and now I'm on the legal market you know it's just you know it's like I'm happy for that person who made that transition and. So we try to um, to seek out those brands, um, former caregiver brands, and uh, and honestly, they know what the heck they're doing. They they grow really good weed. They've been doing it for a while, and um, and typically they're doing it on a scale that's manageable. Um, you know, I seems to be some of the the bigger, um, and not all of them, but but some of the bigger grows. You know, they they don't have a great control on their environment um and the the quality is isn't there so um we found that um caregiver growers typically generally speaking have really good weed and um and we want to see more of them make it into the industry do you find that uh <clears throat> when people are shopping even though you have value uh value customers uh, if you've brought in say something to offer a value product um, from maybe some of the larger cultivators. Um, do you have any experience in that department as far as bringing in, you know, people are come up to you, will give you a killer deal on some flour. And do you have any stories of like either good or bad experience without naming anyone in particular that you can share that, um, that what's your experience with that? Because I, I've yet to see a whole lot of things on the market in my opinion that I've still myself would, personally like to smoke yeah so i would say you know it sells so for example what comes to mind is when we first opened 
I'm not a huge fan of distillate carts. I, I don't like them. You know, I think I get a hot dog water flavor mm-hmm. from it and I'm just, I'm, the high's not that great for, in my opinion. Um, so we, we opened without any distillate carts. We had cured resin and live resin and that was it. And we, we heard from our customers that they wanted, um, they wanted these distillate carts. And so we, you know, quickly said, okay, we got to do this. And, and they sell well. And, and some people, and who am I to judge what other people like, you know, I think, um, people who are used to smoking the flavored nicotine vapes, um, with that artificial flavor, you know, they, they prefer that, um, and then like when it comes to flour, um, we've gotten some, some good deals on flour and especially like small buds, um, sometimes from, you know, larger grows that machine trim and it's a little leafy and, you know, it's not quite, you know, it's not premium, bud. I mean, it's the, the bottoms of the plant and, and that kind of thing, it still sells. And, and that's because of the, uh, price sensitive nature of our customers. But, uh, I would say that, um, that, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a premium customer who wants the best and they want, you know, the caregiver brands and they want, you know, like really good quality. They want to know, you know, how it was grown and that was grown by somebody who knows what they're doing. And, um, and then there's, um, you know, there's a certain type of shopper who just wants the cheapest thing and they're usually pretty happy with it too. You know, they're not expecting the best quality for the price. It's good. Good perspective. Uh, I heard a good quote from uh, a store and bad owner in Battle Creek's been around forever. And it kind of reminded me of what you just said there, Roy, but it's uh, you either, you either go low or you go high, but you kind of die in the middle and uh, you know, price-wise and all that and there's two types of customers so interesting tom do you have something oh no i i guess i was also wondering in your experience roy when you have speaking with sales reps um are are people discussing remediation with uh you know with with you with their customer which is which would be you as far as you know whether they are engaging in it or not if the product that you're receiving has been remediated at any point in the process so you have are armed with that information to then tell your customer or is that anything that you're even interested in in having a discussion with your customers about um yeah it is something we definitely want to um you know let our customers know if if something that we have is remediated um we try to stay away from it i don't know if i'm pretty sure that we haven't had any uh remediated flour but why i say pretty sure is because I think there's a way around it. Uh, some some growers will remediate their flower before it even goes to testing, and then it doesn't have to be labeled as remediated. But I can tell you, uh, recently there was a sales rep who stopped by with some trade samples, and they were, uh, and I saw it coming in metric, um, you know, in my transfers section, and I could see, okay, somebody's stopping by today to drop off some samples. And these ones are, um, one of them had the remediated triangle um, with the exclamation point, you know. So I knew it was remediated. I was able to look at the test results in metric and see it had like 150,000 
I think was the number, uh, 150,000 parts per million or something, um, yeah, yeast and mold. And then, um, anyways, I, I'm not sure what the threshold is. I just know if it's 100. been 100. Okay. So 100,000. Yeah. I saw it was remediated. I asked the guy, I said, you know, was this, uh, like what, what kind of remediation do you guys use? Are you using the willow machine and, and are you, was it you know I, I asked him a bunch of questions and he was un, unaware that I was able to see that it was remediated and he didn't have a lot of answers for me um, and it looked a little different than the other samples he dropped off um, but I mean it's still it's, it smelled alright you know what I mean like it still smelled kind of fruity so I'm, I'm like what's this remediation all about i don't really i need to learn more about it all i know is that from what i've learned from you tom that it's you know it's bad news and um it's and not so necessarily I, bad news as much as it's slightly dishonest and smoke and mirrors kind of a situation you know yeah. just be honest with people with what you're selling and, and there, there's probably why is your product much? cheap well because it's remediated and okay i want cheap product anyway i don't care end of story yeah well when the when that gentleman left the the store i i made a joke i said hey i'll let you know if i glow in the dark afterwards <laughs> so he thought that was funny <laughs> so but yeah like what i learned from tom is too from listening to it uh you know this is starting to come up a lot and it's not going to go away it's like so 10,000 CFUs is medical, 100,000 is rack. So they're at 150,000, but you know, that's the mold and the yeast, but that, so they, they kill it, but it's still there. So you're still smoking it. You're just smoking the dead, the dead cells. Am I right, Tom? Yeah, there's still the material, all the, everything that it just won't grow, you know, but it can still trigger issues if you have asthma and things of that nature and honestly there needs to be more science and more discussion and i really would like to just open that discussion up more to get more data because mm -hmm. it could be perfectly safe but nobody can prove anything nobody can nope like the sales reps don't even know what that means or what they're doing you know there's just like i said it's all smoke and mirrors and i think it just needs a, a closer look you know yeah and I know I, I would I don't I wouldn't want to smoke smoke anything like that and you know there's a there's a lot of companies out do, out there doing it so I, oh, here, I have a question though um, I thought I is there so if you remediate your stuff does it test like at zero parts per million for yeast and mold? You know, I don't know sure. how I don't I don't know how that works. I was actually going to ask you if you saw that in your metric report when it tested at 150. Did you see the follow-up report that showed what it actually passed for? It'll be. You know, there. I, I kind of looked at it quickly, so I'm uh, I have to go look back because that might be a way to to see if something's been pre-remediated before testing. If it tests super low in those spores. I don't think so. No, that could mean yeah. it's just coming from a clean grow space. You know, there's no way to know. That's the problem. Okay. If yeah. there isn't a standard set by law or, so, you know, or, you know, that requires people to say this has been remediated and you are making a choice to purchase this, you know, and there's right. there's a reason why your product's so cheap. And that's fine. If you want the value product and that's, that's this is America, baby, you know, but at least people should know what they're putting into their bodies.
we talk about health and safety all the time, but we're very selective about when we do. Well, Tom, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting too. Like we're, we're now what three years into state licensing. Um, when are we going to start to see some data returning from some of the stuff that the state is supposed to be investing in as far as studies go and things of that nature, you know, um, I still, I mean, when we got the 10,000 CFU medical, um, you know, yeast and mold threshold, um, that was one of the lowest in, in the country, you know, so I would be interested to know, like you had mentioned earlier, like is 10,000 CFUs of mold, is that, is that bad? I mean, when we, I had the testing facility come through my, my facility, to try to give us just in general pointers on things that we could be doing better, uh, as far as cleanliness goes and, and things of that nature. And what he had told me was that being in Michigan and, and the moisture content that we have, there is mold everywhere. You have mold on your plants. There's just, it's a certain level of mold that it makes it that it's out of control and you're, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I'd be, I'd just be really interested to get some data back on, on all of this stuff because, you know, uh, do they, do you, when you go and buy a zucchini, does it have a label on it that says how much, uh, lead and zinc and, and how many CFUs of this and that, I mean, where's, what, what, what makes it relevant? That's, you know, those are my questions. Well, and what is the data that supports the fact that 10,000 CFUs was the action Correct. limit for medical, but we're allowing 100,000 for adult right. use? And what's, right. what's the reasoning behind that? I mean, we don't get any answers for things like that. And, you know, this is all important. This is all, like I said, public health and safety information. You know, we should have more conversation about it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, uh, you know, there's a rumor we might, we might have a, uh, I have uh, Director Brisbo on next week. Maybe we can uh, maybe we can ask him a couple of those. So, um, moving on to a fun announcement. Uh, really excited. Uh, I'm gonna let Roy Roy uh, talk more about it. But uh, in conjunction with the uh, Great Lakes Expungement Network and the foundation, we're gonna be doing a really cool uh, fundraiser. Uh, uh, with local roots and their historic barn that has a lot of history. So Roy, uh, I'll let you do the talking on that one. Yeah. So we're really excited. It's going to be a, a fun event. Um, hopefully we get a great turnout and raise a lot of money. Um, so we, we have a 200 year old barn that we've been throwing these speakeasy style parties in for the past 30 years. And, um, you know, my my parents really started it uh, back in the day, but it's it's an old barn with a lot of character, and there's been a lot of live music played in it. And you know, we're gonna kind of lean into the speakeasy feel of the barn, and we're, we've hired a I've got a, a world class bartender that I used to work with in Grand Rapids, who's gonna do a special Prohibition era cocktail list. That's gonna be really great, you know. Um, it's uh, we've talked about having some some food trucks out there. It's gonna be a lot of fun. There's gonna be some great entertainment, um, and hopefully we'll raise a lot of money. Yeah, can't wait. More, uh, well, more to come on that. But then uh, maybe not. Maybe you just got to get the invite. So uh, we'll, we we uh, we shall see on that one. Well, Roy, it's always a pleasure having you on and, uh, you know, we'll have you back on again uh, and uh, um, get after it and can't wait to uh, to do some more stuff together. 
Um, I'm going to let everyone uh, say goodbye real quick. Uh, Kevin. Hey, Roy. It's, uh, it's great having you on the show. Um, it was great uh, seeing you the other day up at uh, up at your shop, and, and you guys are such gracious hosts. Uh, you gave us some swag, and, and uh, me and my guy were super happy to be taking home some some stuff with us. And, uh, and, and I really feel like we, we need more people like you guys in this industry you respect the culture you, you you understand what has come before us and uh and i really appreciate you guys for that and uh, wish you guys the best of luck thank you kevin always gotta follow kevin what he said <laughs> and we love you absolutely you know thank you for your support and uh you know more years of continued success and i'm looking forward to the invite to the party yeah awesome. yeah Roy. Oh, I did want to thank you guys all for having me on here um, and everything that you do for us. Um, Oh, and I also wanted to to let you guys know we're going to have an awesome special this next uh, month on Real Leaf Solutions products. Um, It's uh, we're doing like themed monthly uh, discounts. So this month was the February sweetheart deals next month. it's going to be the March reefer madness deals. And we're going to have, uh, <laughs> we're going to have real leaf solutions. Um, really, really affordable. So, uh, hope we see some of you guys out there. Thanks again for having me on the show. You got it, Roy. Yeah. Maybe even a, uh, St. Paddy's day, super special on the, on the real leaf, something like that. I'll, I'll swing on up. Uh, but, uh, Roy, thanks for coming on. Always a pleasure. Uh, local roots um you know thanks uh thanks for 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 doing what you're doing and uh and helping us raise a lot of money for the the great lakes expungement network really appreciate it and with that um oh one other announcement one other announcement uh next uh next month is uh is women's month and we thought it would be great to honor um some of the uh the women in michigan's cannabis came before us and then and currently uh doing the work so we've got a stellar lineup uh we'll be announcing that soon um you know some of the women that you haven't heard from yet um you know there's there's some 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 titans out there that we've had on the show but uh, i'm really excited about the lineup uh it'll be five uh, maybe six weeks uh straight and um, it's going to be great. It's going to get to be great to, to hear their perspective because we do have mostly dudes on here. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> and with that, we'll see everybody next week. The Smoking Rope Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Ryan Basor, the owner of Redemption Cannabis. Have ideas for episode topics or would like to be a guest on the show? Contact us at RyanB at RedemptionCanna.com. Thanks for being along for the journey.